Welcome to the debut of our new podcast series, Robot Kraken, where Chris, me, of DP Dapper, and Tom, That's me. of Third Rail Design Lab, talk about movies, shows, comics, entertainment news, and general miscellany. Miscellany? Right. Did yeah, I say that right? I think you did. I hope I so. I said at home a lot, and, and I'm never sure if I did it right or not. <laughs> the, kid, the kids just stare at me when I say it, so I'm not sure. I'm not getting good feedback about it. That's pretty much the reaction they give to you anytime you talk, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's true, unless Transformers are involved. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> we decided so, to spin off our original podcast of Deeply Dapper and do a little bit of a, a different take with Robot Crack in here. I think it'll be pretty fun. What was the name of your original podcast again? Deeply Dapper Dispatches. Deeply Dapper Dispatches. And it's still yes, available, right? It is. It's is thus it collectible? Far. Is it collectible? It is, but there's a lot of alternate covers, so people have given up on the collecting. I understand. They're just rotting in long boxes. Fo- Foil-wrapped podcasts. <laughs> exactly. Lenticular covers is yeah. really the new thing. That's another <laughs> word that I could use at home that no one will give me any um, feedback on. Lenticular. Lenticular mes- miscellany. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. All right, then. So this is our first one. What about yes. that? Yes, fancy. What year is it? 1914? <laughs> Something <laughs> you know, like that. It's always 1903 to me, man. Hey, that works. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're starting out 2016 with a brand new podcast. Yeah. What are we going to talk about on this podcast? Geeky shit, generally speaking, I think. Like <laughs> boobies, TV shows. You say boobies? Oh, well, it's implied. <laughs> Uh, TV shows, comic books, art, new, art, news. comic cons. Well, and cons, you know, that's the thing. We're both artists and we both have goals and this, uh, this podcast will help us realize them. It better. <laughs> All right. <laughs> It'll keep us focused uh, I, at I, least I, one I day fo- a month. <laughs> I feel quite focused. <laughs> The best part is since we are recording this on Skype, I can see how focused you are because it, your desk looks – it looks like the set of a desk. It's not even – it doesn't look like a real desk. It just looks like, like a still life someone made to, to, to paint Because I have all this stuff neatly arrayed out on it. And then just behind you, it's just you – know, <laughs> it's, it's like when they came to get E.T. There's just all kinds of visqueen barriers and <laughs> – well, just beyond that is the alien corpse, and I just uh, – I didn't figure that was something that should be broadcast out on Skype because you never know who's watching. I know who's watching. <laughs> Are you Skype? <laughs> Are you Mr. Skype? I'm not, but I'll tell you. <laughs> they know what you're doing. They know what you're saying, and you're already in trouble. Well, that's undoubtedly true, yes. <laughs> Speaking of which, we have to remember to talk about X-Files. Yes. So let's oh not do God. that yet. We have other things to do first. Yes. We need to stay focused. We need to stay on track. Do we? Okay. Uh, I guess really. we can try. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have sort of the same segments as Deeply Dapper Dispatches, but a little more piratey. <laughs> a little more robot A little more robot-y. A little more kraken-y. More, yeah, nautical in nature. Yes. Yes. Uh, we, we will start out our episode with checking our rations for the voyage with a segment we like to call sucking the monkey chris where did the name sucking the monkey come from well tom that's a good question (laughs) comma tom (laughs) well comma tom comma According to this piece of paper that has our pauses built, no. <laughs> Second monkey was a nautical term from the Navy originally where they would ban alcohol on board ships. And so they would convince the women on the docks to smuggle alcohol in in coconuts. And they'd seal them up and smuggle them onto the boat. And then drinking the rum or what have you from the coconut was considered sucking the monkey. I like it. Chris, what yes. are you drinking tonight? Oh, wait a minute, it's not even tonight. It's <laughs> Yes, yes, sadly it's like the rails. like 11 o'clock in the morning uh-huh. uh, that we are recording this, which is an oddity for us. Um, there's daylight streaming through the window, which is unusual. Um, I'm just drinking the coffee. I have a little bit of French vanilla creamer in it. 
French vanilla creamer. Yeah, you did step up your game for this. It yes. is 2016. French vanilla. Bucking tradition, I'm also having a delicious coffee. What kind uh, of coffee are you drinking, sir? I got it from a place called Equator, and it's a, uh, it's a cafe au lait. Ah. It's got milk in it that's been steamed. I like it a lot. And, uh, you know, it's not going to be the same, you know, rip-roaring good time as it would be if we were doing this 11 at night. <laughs> um, halfway in, usually, it seems like on the last few we did, we would start the recording and then you'd fiddle with sound and I'd fiddle with something and then there would be a cat or whatever. And then <laughs> right. by the time we started, we were half in or all the way into the first drink. So yeah, yeah, downhill from there. But today it's going to be nothing but responsible, serious podcasting. Is that what we're doing? I better go get one that isn't full of rum then. Know <laughs> <laughs> that was happening? Yes, three quarters Bailey. That's the French vanilla I was talking about. <laughs> oh, I got it. Yeah. And, then, and then it's all, and then you have the honey whiskey in the back. Just yes, like, yeah, it's on the bookshelf actually. Okay. <laughs> the best part is uh, since you introduced me to that, every time I walk by the liquor section in the store and I see it, I can't help but stick a finger out and go, honey whiskey. <laughs> so I'm that guy. Right? Yes. They're like, man, that guy really likes honey whiskey. Oh, but the thing is I never buy it, right? So I'm just the guy that they see point at it. <laughs> honey whiskey. And then I just kind of walk away. All right. Anyway, so nice. our next segment uh, is something we like to call Root, Robots Root. And this yes. goes back to you know years of what we would write on, on the interwebs. Um, but it's basically what we're, we're, it's a fancy way of saying here's some stuff that's happening and and uh, we're going to talk about it like as if you didn't read it somewhere else. Yes, yes. So what's been happening, Chris? What has been happening? Um, the first thing I saw that is an update to what we were originally going to talk about, and then you had computer problems and we had to reschedule. Uh, they'd originally announced that. Mad Max was not going to be a George Miller film for the next one. And then he came out and was like, uh, actually, they took me completely out of context, and I will be directing the next Mad Max movie. It just might not be the next movie I'm doing. That was that was a funny one. I can't tell whether this is the Hollywood sleight of hand or whether it is the way it's being represented now. Right. Because apparently it was a journalist cornering him on the red carpet or something the first time, and then... So now he's claiming that they just misheard him. Right. I think getting the uh, getting the nod changed uh, for the Oscar. His focus, yeah, I yeah. Changed his focus a little bit, but who's going to complain? Right. Yeah. I I'm hoping that it's genuinely him interested in making more of them because obviously everything's better when your heart's in it. But either way, I'm cool with another Mad Max movie from him. <laughs> I still can't get over the one he did. Oh, it's so good. I'm still thinking about that. I want to watch it again at home. You know, I have yeah. it. I'm ready to do it. But then at the same time, I'm like, am I intense enough for this? Can I handle it? <laughs> right. It's so amazing. I, I keep hoping they'll put out the director's cut that they've been talking about that's a little longer, but it's the black and white that's specialized for it. I'm really curious because the color is such a vibrant part of that film. It would be interesting to see his original vision for it. You're talking about the original Mad Max. No, um, Fury Road. He originally wanted to do that in black and white. I thought they were talking about re-releasing Mad Max in black and white. No, well, they might be that as well, but uh, apparently he wanted to release uh, Fury Road as a black and white film originally. And he filmed a lot of it with that in mind, and then they came in and they're like, "Uh, we're not going to release this if it's black and white, dude. He was like, "Damn it, huh. Technicolor, huh. it is." <laughs> I I like. I mean, I like modern black and white films when they're done uh, stylistically. Yeah, uh, Coen Brothers, for example. Yeah, absolutely. I have to say though, um, that's a film that I think if you saw it first black and white, it would work great. Right. But having already seen it in color, I mean, it's not just color. I mean, they put oh, a lot of work God. into that. They really tweaked it. I've seen those effects reels where they show how how intensely they. They saturated and tweaked what the way it looked. It has right, that, that grainy effect and everything. Um, boy, yeah, I, mean, I can't see it that way. I can't imagine going back to black and white. That's my thought as well. I'd really like to see it just because, like you said, the 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 version that was released was almost eye meltingly colorful. It's just it's a strange thought to see it as a completely different film. 
Okay, so go ahead and make a note. We need to call George Miller and tell him right away. Right. That's a, a bad idea. I'll put a, or, or, a notation. A Could be a good idea. <laughs> so what well, else I, have you seen? Is there anything else interesting news-wise for you, sir? Well, there is, but, you know, the thing is, I, since I'm afraid of uh, forgetting it, let's... Let's what? A little show called X-Files. Let's talk X-Files. Oh, that show. Yes, I've heard of that. Did you watch it back in the day? <laughs> I did. I obsessively watched it. We, did you? Yeah, I had uh, VHS tapes that I recorded in long mode that I bought specifically <laughs> for it. And I long? like printed out the labels to put on them, so I had all the episodes. Um, so yeah, I watched it. But amusingly, I have not seen the last two seasons. Really? Yeah, yeah, which is I I have no idea why. I have no excuse for it. But I've I've heard you you're like the ex- later ones, right? I did. And you're a man of few excuses, so I'm not surprised that you didn't <laughs> yeah. pull something out of your hat about that. But uh you just unlocked a memory for me and that is that um I'm trying to remember I don't think that there was there were only a few shows when I first moved to San Francisco mm-hmm. that were um a social event right right um at some point survivor was like that early on Mm -hmm. uh people in my office we watched survivor and would talk about it um and i know certainly in college there was a holdover of some of the shows that were on before that that everyone would go in the dorms they would go into the room and watch you know oh like in the common room yeah right on they all like those those cheesy shows which i didn't participate in but um i i distinctly remember when i first started working in the city, it was Survivor and it was X Files because oh, yeah. we'd, get, we'd come in the next day. It's sort of like how Lost was later on for me that we would mm-hmm. come in the next day and be talking all about, well, what does this mean? What does that mean? And, you know, right. And, and I, it, it's one of my first modern memories of that sort of viewing that you're just waiting to go talk about it. Yeah. Without X Files, we wouldn't have a podcast today. Yeah, almost undoubtedly. Yeah. So you didn't see those last two seasons? <laughs> no, and I I genuinely don't know why. I've there's been multiple times where I've been like I should go back through and rewatch them and I'll w- rewatch the first couple seasons and then something will happen and I'll trail off and not actually make it to the later ones. So in the last few weeks I've started kind of cherry picking episodes from the first few seasons to rewatch and then with the plan to dive into the later seasons and watch them. I have two thoughts. One, on the cherry picking, I discovered when I was reading or looking for trivia and commentary on Battlestar Galactica when I was catching up on that. Okay. Um, I went on to like TV.com or one of these sites, and I discovered that um, not only were you able to look them up by episode, but you mm-hmm. could also um, sort by uh, user rating. Right? Oh, really? So that's interesting. A, I mean, I, I'm sure, of course, there's there's any number of articles that have been out like you know the top 10 x-files episodes right i mean just as far as uh you know a resource for finding the better ones uh since they certainly had some filler right that would be that would be a cool approach yep the other thing though is uh, on those last two seasons was it was it the second to last was him leaving and then it was the substitute yes i believe so yeah because i because it's a blur to me now but i do know this Everyone was so outraged when they hired uh, Annabeth Gish and Patrick. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ro- um, Robert Patrick, right? Robert, Robert Patrick. Yeah. Boy, um, oh, I thought they, I thought they did great. Right on. But, but I felt like I was like, like I've told you before, I felt like I was one of three people that liked that <laughs> season. Right. I, I have spoken to very few people that are like, oh, I love those guys on that show. Part of it is I just love him. Yeah, right? yeah, he me. is really excellent. Um, and also, I, and I like her a lot too. But you never saw her do anything like that at the time. To right. see her up to suit and 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 to be playing it very a, a very serious role like that. Not that she was doing comedy before, but you know, it's just a different type of um, role than I had seen her in before. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they inverted it, right? So she was a she was a sensitive. Oh really? I don't think she was seeing things, but she was feeling them. Like she was either a medium or a, oh. or a something like that. She was a sensitive, and he was the straight laced Boston cop, hmm. right? And so they had they had I don't know they had inverted it on gender, but and and tweaked it. And That's then, as interesting. I recall, uh, um, Anderson was sort of 
above them, sort of like they started doing with a Law and Order Special Victims Unit, right? Where oh, okay. Jessica Hargitay is like, I don't know, <laughs> she, I don't know what she's doing now, but so that I don't know. Hmm. I liked it, but what I did, I like. I remember thinking I liked it most when they just let them have adventures, and they didn't have to keep roping back into the old cast. Right. It's just like any time there's a next generation sort of a story. Every time the old cast comes back in, with the exception of a certain movie we recently saw, um, <laughs> I think it really dilutes the effectiveness of both. Yeah, yeah, right? I agree. Like, think about. I mean, I I wouldn't say the Star Trek movies, were, the old Star Trek movies were great, but um, at as a fan of Next Generation, you know, I remember thinking, well, okay, we're finally going to have our, going to have our movies. These right. And, all, and they start, you know. Oh, we got to do callbacks and uh, yeah. So anyway. All right. Yeah. Well, so X-Files, uh, it's coming back. Yes. And the new trailer looks fantastic. Have you seen it? No, I've refused. Oh, really? Did I see it? Um, it's we're like a the, week away from it It's out. the first one they've released that shows any new footage, really, for the most part. And it still really hints and teases, but it does open with like a that. pretty dramatic scene. I'm going um, to hold out. I'm going to wait because it's like a week away. Yes. But I, I will say this. They've aged well. Yes, they have. Both of them she looks look like fantastic. A million bucks in I, she looks amazing. And, and she's been playing a lot of different types of characters in these last years. But to see her come back into that. Yeah. Uh, she looks seasoned. Is that a way? Is that a... <clears throat> Well seasoned. Statement. Well, <laughs> well seasoned is a very ageist thing she to looks say. Ready for the grill? No, <laughs> it's off the rails, right out of the gate. So yeah, I'm. I, and he looks. I mean, he looks more interesting now. I think than he did when he was. A pretty- I think so too. Yeah, I agree. I've uh, been rewatching a few episodes from the first two seasons in the last couple of days, and. They both look so young and awkward in those. <laughs> it's Don't hilarious. They look like, I told my friend I felt like they – looking back on some of those, they look like young cosplayers. They really like do. She's kind of – Oh, my she's God. carrying a little weight and then she has those really giant coats. Yeah. Fuzzy the, brown The coats. big shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and then you know, Robert Palmer's assistant or something. Yeah. And then, and then – yeah, right. And, yeah, he, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, funny. He, I yeah. just finished Humbug yesterday because that's one of my favorite episodes. And it, it that? uh, that's the one with the freak show oh, where yes. they, they go in in the Fiji mermaid and everything. Yes. And it ends with this scene where um, she's talking to uh, the blockhead and the, the tattooed guy that eats fish with the head still on. And he points over to Mulder and he's like, and pretty soon everyone's going to look like that. And Mulder's standing with his foot up and his hands on his hips with his trench coat out behind him. And it is the <laughs> funniest, like, 90s suit I've ever seen. The, the pants are super baggy and he's got these uh, giant shoulders. Those suits are terrible. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. <laughs> there's, only, there's only two people, I think, that look great from beginning to end. And that is uh, Skinner. Yes. And Smoky Man. Yes, absolutely. Right? I mean, they aged they aged quite literally um, very well <laughs> over the course of this original season. Yeah. Um, Smoky Man, I mean, he started to look – I don't know if it's just my – maybe it's a, it's a thing of the, of the mind that you just assume this because he's always smoking. But I felt right. like he was becoming one of those lung cross-sections they used to scare kids <laughs> in school. Like he just looked like he was perforated and – papery and stuff you know well and the outfit he had on too like it from the very beginning he's dressed in a much more like less contemporary more of a classic like your grandpa's suit type outfit and i think that helps have him appear less dated than a lot of the rest of them in this in this series i think that's fair you know all of this talk of the resurgence of x-files makes me think of how disappointed i was in chris carter's other projects (laughs) projects <laughs> yeah that he tried like a uh, lone um lone gunman mm-hmm. um i just i couldn't get into it even though i, I like those guys either. yeah i could support it and then um he had that one where they were going into some dimension remember that one and it had uh what's his face from lost in it uh oh John yes Locke. uh god what My, the hell was that called uh well, harsh realm harsh realm I yeah yeah, like, yeah. I, you know, I remember wanting that to work and being right out of the gate. I just couldn't handle it. <laughs> right. And he it was always he had such talk about how 
he had vision for many shows, and it wasn't right. just X Files, but I just didn't feel like it was clicking the way I wanted it to. Yeah, a Millennium it, had a, a good feel to it. I enjoyed quite a bit of it. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, but funny. I mean, it was really just a rehash of X Files to a certain extent. And also, Millennium without Lance Henriksen would be complete right. garbage. I think. Right. I feel like he carried that entire show. He really well, did. I mean, he he did. sold it. Was it was about him, but you know what I mean. <laughs> right. <laughs> I try to imagine another actor in that role, and it just doesn't work for yeah, me. Yeah, if they'd cast almost anyone else, it would not have been the same show at all. Anyway, all this X-Files stuff mm-hmm. has made me nostalgic for Fringe, which oh. I'm still not over it being over. Yeah. And Fringe was sort of the spiritual sequel to X-Files in my mind, um, more as a, uh ensemble piece, but it had the same... Uh, you know, fringe, most Fringe episodes felt like good X Files episodes, right? Mm-hmm. At least for me. Yeah, I agree so, completely. So now I feel lost, right? We're getting X Files, <laughs> but I feel lost because I don't have Fringe. Yeah, but, which uh, it wouldn't surprise me if there isn't some sort of resurgence for that in a decade. You never know. No, <laughs> that's that's true. Um, okay. Well, anyway, what else is going on? Uh, what else is going? That's a good question. Um, Lots of TV stuff happening. It's true. We've That's got the, true. the new Arrested Development. Uh, it's season five, right? That's right. Did you yeah. watch all of the previous seasons? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I had to rewatch the most recent one to get a full appreciation for it. It was I one of those. Well. Yeah, we watched it kind of bits and pieces when it first came out, and I was like, ah, this is good, but it's not as good as the previous ones. And then I rewatched it in a binge watch, and it was so solid when I sat and actually watched it all at once like that. I agree with you. It felt like, you know, I don't know. I've I've read different things about how. Uh, he planned out that season Mm -hmm. and that a lot of the the structure of focusing an individual character at a time was based on the limitations of each actor's schedules. Right. But I have to think that it was also um, planned out as feasible based on the idea that it was going to be streamed. Right. I think so too. That that people could binge it. Yeah. They could link all these together. Had it been a week, you know, a weekly uh, broadcast, I think it would have been really awkward yeah. having a single focus like that. And, and my problem the first time was that I did watch it one episode at a time. Right. And then the second time I went back and watched big chunks of it and really liked it better. Yeah, I was surprised. It almost felt like an experiment where he was like, okay, this is my chance to see if this would work, filming it and releasing it this way. And kind of that bigger picture in a sitcom like that is I've never seen anything like that before. It's been really interesting. Some of the comments he's made about the fifth season have interested me uh, in that he, he's talking about how they're going to do it and he's still figuring it out. But the mm-hmm. problem is that life is imitating art to the point where his storylines don't make sense. For example, <laughs> he really wanted to focus on um, a a political attempt for the mother in the cast. Oh, right? really? Right. And then, uh, and then also... So then he felt like the Trump right. situation um, circus r- rendered that moot, and then also, you know, there was there was this whole thing about wanting uh, George Senior to be in drag, uh, and then transparent. Ah, uh, really well known. Like, well, we don't that's need to do hilarious. that anymore. So I'm not sure what they're going to do, but whatever it is, it's going to be awesome. Absolutely, no doubt. Now, uh, also, Army of Darkness, right? Have you been yeah, following? yeah. I've seen the first episode of Evil Dead, or Ash versus Evil Dead, oh, okay. as they put it. Um, it's good. I really enjoyed the original ones. And they made the choice to, well, they didn't have the rights to incorporate Army of Darkness into the film, into uh-huh. the TV show. They have to just base it off of characters and situations from the first two movies. But I actually think it was stronger for that because Army of Darkness went into that whole medieval back in time world with animated skeletons and all that madness. Uh, And he had like the mechanical hand and all of that shit, which it's a good show in and of its own self. But going back to pre that and doing the Evil Dead TV series based off of the first two movies was a really good move, I think. It's him still working at a shitty chain store and trying to bang women in bars, basically. It won't surprise you to know that I never saw any of them. <laughs> what a twist! <laughs> however, however, I'm aware of them and I appreciate them. And here's the other thing. Uh, seeing him on 
uh, burn notice. Right. You know, he's he's a heavier guy. He's an older guy. Mm-hmm. He's got the Elvis thing that he's been doing for years. <laughs> right. I really like the way he looks and acts as an older man. Mm-hmm. But I was having trouble imagining what he would be like returning to this role, right? <laughs> right. And seeing all of the previews. I was like, "What happened?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it just made me think of uh, of Alan Siddick, whatever his name is. But Titan, he tightened. I don't know. <laughs> he just, it's like they just took him his his modern day self and just compressed it somehow. And yeah, looks, which is not to say that he didn't look great before. I'm just saying he looks different, right? Actiony than yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, um, but so, from what I've seen of it, they they really kept the the sense of humor and the gore and the goofiness and the horror that the other stuff had previously. But they've modernized it, but they still use a lot of practical effects, which I really like. It looks like the effects. I mean, from what I saw, they look great. Yeah, they look really um, good. It doesn't have that look like the. Um, the CW and and those, <laughs> right. those uh, channels have where it's like they have here's twenty bucks for effects right use use the computer right <laughs> yeah don't do anything real it's <laughs> yeah, really good um, so and then also you know the, the one this past week that got me really excited was that um, the head of HBO came out and said that they are definitely making a Deadwood movie yes or project of some sort yeah and talk about the difficulty of getting a cast back together because everybody on that show practically is just blown up in different oh, ways yeah, they're huge man, I just oh my god I want that so bad yeah well and the timing's so perfect with uh, Oliphant finishing up Justified right, and right. yeah I I got so excited when I saw that, and now I just want to go rewatch Deadwood, and then it just makes me feel that maybe there's hope for Carnival coming back too, uh-huh. which would say. be super exciting. <laughs> a, stealth back, a stealth backdoor movie, right? right. <laughs> His tattoo. You know. oh, Carnival. What potential that show had? I mean, again, oh, I felt God. like there was a small group of uh, friends that really enjoyed that show. And I would talk about it to other people, like at work or whatever. And mm-hmm. Keeping in mind the the the, um, the the internet-based social situation was quite a bit different then than right. it is today. Um, you know, we had the art groups and stuff, to, but no one was talking about the stuff in them, right? Right. But uh, man, I couldn't find anybody who liked Carnival. <laughs> right. right. And now I can talk to people and they're like, oh, I love that. But I didn't. Yeah, yeah. The the world, it it feels like it was so much harder to find people to connect with back when those type of shows were on that if they'd come out now, they would be so much more popular. I feel like when Carnival was on, I was just sitting in a room sort of holding my legs to my chest and rocking back and forth and moaning. (laughs) And now we would all be doing that in the room together. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, and so I, I don't know if you noticed that they have announced a second season for Jessica Jones as well now. That was that's right. official that's news since we yeah. wrote our biggest news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a four-day delay, and it's, <laughs> that's kind of what's funny about um, converting some of the stuff we've been doing on, on, on our forum into this podcast format. This section particularly is so timely. Right. Uh, you know, we're just picking at stuff that, that piques our interest. It's by no means definitive, certainly. Um uh, but my gosh, Jessica Jones being renewed, it, it's one of those things where I was very pleased to see the announcement because it gave me a chance to look at the words Jessica Jones and see the face and everything, Absolutely. which is always good. But if they didn't renew that, yeah, it would have been insanity. Yeah, I would and have been would shocked. Be Netflix would have done. That's the kind of thing that <laughs> Fox or NBC would have done. Like, well, we're not sure. Yeah. We're going to keep all the other spinoff shows, but we're not going to renew this one particular one. (laughs) Everything is just looking so great. I mean, I know we're we're diverging a bit, but my gosh, Uh, the Daredevil season two is looking Mm -hmm. insane. One with one caveat, which is that I still don't like his his current suit and which he was. Yeah, I was wearing the original his little black year one thing or he was wearing the straight up red. Yeah, this black and red armor just is bothering me. The. It looks forehead heavy and with his eyes. It, it really black. does. Yeah, his forehead it looks, like, looks gigantic in it. And doesn't it look, because his eyes are blacked out, doesn't it look like um, someone put on their, their big brother's mask? You know? <laughs> fell over and, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I do think that the, the eyes being blacked out that way is the problem with that mask in particular. Yeah. It, and, you know, to me. He's always had the eyes be the same color as the mask, but when it's all red and when it's drawn as a comic book, that doesn't yeah. really matter that much. 
but yeah, the way the mask is done for this, from what I've seen, it just really doesn't look right. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. But th- then again, this is this is a problem I've had with other projects that I absolutely adored. Right? I still right. I, mean, I hold the Nolan uh, Batman films as some of my favorite films ever, and the weakest thing in them was Batman. So yeah, absolutely, <laughs> that, that's fine. <laughs> but uh, but it, but anyway, that oh god, that Daredevil season just looks. Uh, it just looks insane. It really does. Wait. Cannot wait. And and what's funny is, and this this uh, links a little bit to some of the movie stuff we have to talk about. But you know, as a kid, I did not like Deadpool at all, and I really <laughs> didn't Punisher. Like mm-hmm. I remember Punisher, and I drew him and stuff when I was a little kid. But right. you know, as I was, even by the time I was in junior high, I was really over the concept of. Um, oh, this know, guy with guns and a skull on his chest. Yeah. I mean, back then it was a simpler time than it is today, where every other you know. 20 years after the, the dirty nineties, uh, <laughs> every other character has big guns and is an anti-hero and is being brutal. Right. And comics supposedly aimed at kids. But at the time, you know, the principle of the Punisher was, you know, sort of a serious, you know, it was a serious concept. Right. Superhero books. And it was one of those things. It was one of the, the first little elements of, um, you know, controversial, uh, comic writing. I thought, Mm-hmm. The 80s being chuck full of a lot of other stuff not center stage but i mean you know earlier than a lot of that was the punisher right and right the idea of him running around gunning down criminals was you know at a time when the supervillains were trying to blow up the planet every other day and no one right i but he was running into you know you know kicking bar doors that bar uh uh you know entry doors in and shooting shooting up the joint seemed um you know seemed it, it's it seemed untoward even then. Well, and, and it then, was it was one of those eras too where you'd watch cartoons like GI Joe and the tank would blow up, but everyone would conveniently leap free of the explosion sure. just before they died, kind of thing. So to bring Rangers in a in character, yeah, yeah. So to bring in a character like Punisher, who just straight up fucking murders people, it was a very different concept for that type of era, I think. Well, and also. That his mission statement was killing people, right? Not as a villain, but as a you know, as thinking he was a good guy, right? But, you know, that he, he 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 wasn't a character that <clears throat> you know, went too far. Right. This was a character who just straight up in a world full of spandex. Granted, he had the white boots and the and the skull and everything. <laughs> right. but, you know, he just he just showed up and started you know yeah pumping through the grenade launcher thing. Like, this is the answer because these people just keep doing it. <laughs> and then as you get older, and of course things got more complicated, uh, at least in the U.S., you know, mm-hmm. over these last, um, decades with, uh, you know, our 24-hour news cycle and our exposure right. to violence and, and you know, terrorism and war and these all these things that, of course, have been real, mm-hmm. but they trickle down into the comics in a way that, uh, you know, not since the 40s comics where it was all propaganda. You really didn't see that too much, right? Absolutely. You didn't see a lot of stuff about the, the, the uh, you know, I don't know, the the, the, the Falklands War in, in comics, right? But all <laughs> right. Sudden, you know, and, and, right. And, but, but, but after 9-11, especially, you have a, much many more war references, many mm-hmm. more terrorism references, um, extremism, sometimes very heavy-handed most recently, but yeah, um, yeah. it's hard, you know, the Punisher becomes a very real and and um, uncomfortable mm-hmm. concept, and you know, the way he was he's been portrayed in these interesting ways over these last several years, he's been he was a zombie with magic powers at some point, <laughs> right. the black the black comedy era with uh, um, what's his name Ennis or Ellis, Ennis, which was yeah, Ennis. yeah. Now, uh, you know, and I'm over that stuff now. Yeah. Personally, but, but he was being played um, so broadly, absolutely as a farce. Yeah, right? they as, almost had the to go parody for him because that was really the only direction to go without going super, super dark. Well, yeah, because you know, so much of the post Bendis era of you know young fans now being the creators, um, wish fulfillment writing. You know, right. Punisher in that environment, and it's hard to do anything but say, "Oh my God, this guy's insane!" Yeah, he needs to be taken out. He would be treated like <laughs> a villain, right? And how can they? How can they allow that to be? And I have to say, if you think about you know comics for several years now, he's never been running around the Marvel universe. They no, shoved, no, they shoved him into the the Max line, and then yeah, that, the Marvel Knights, the and then into yeah. Max, and since then he's they're just like, well. He exists and he has a history, but he doesn't really fit with the rest of it. 
Which is all to say, I think it's amazing that he is the opponent or an opponent. The, yes. The 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 um the dichotomy in season two of Daredevil. I love yeah. that they're right at it. Yeah. Because they Daredevil, part of what made the first season of Daredevil so great to me was he was halfway into Punisher himself Absolutely. in the season, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and then, this is really the only way they could have ever done a Punisher right for the most part. I mean, that that Tom Jane short that he did, the Laundry Day one, I don't know if you ever saw that, where it's it's just straight up a fan film of what he wished his film could have been. And I think it was great. I think, he, I think Tom Jane made a good Punisher. And I think had they been able to do the hard R version of Punisher that he wanted to do, yeah. it could have been good. But I think the way they're doing it on TV now is phenomenal. I can't, I can't handle Thomas Jane, but, but, <laughs> but, um, but, oh boy, the casting on Daredevil. Yeah. What's that, what's that actor's name? Uh, John Barenthal. Right. Okay. Yeah. I only saw the, the pilot for Walking Dead and, and I've seen him in other stuff before that. Right. What a great choice. Oh, yeah. He, he's he got that the perfect face for it. And the way they're playing him, at least from what we've seen, the little clip so far, it's sort of like, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of Rambo mm-hmm. kind of thrown that, in there. That which, PTSD which, thing. Yeah. yeah. Or, or I should say the, the the real world version of Rambo, right? Yeah, now. kind the, of the, the first not blood the Rambo. Rambo. Maybe right. not the, the, the later movies. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, I, oh, God, I cannot wait. I just can't wait. Yeah. Um, supposed to be super excited about um superman versus whomever but uh, yeah you know, I, all i want to do is come home and watch uh, <laughs> right <laughs> speak of that we have a few other things to look forward to right yeah um, marvel marvel is just all over the place right now they're in it's insane how many things they have in development right now <laughs> i've been reading about how uh the um the guys that are doing infinity war um have been well what it's typical of the internet news uh thing but they were asked what they thought of a black widow solo film and they were enthusiastic about it and so then all of a sudden two days later it's evolved to right they want a black widow film why don't we have one marvel <laughs> right. disney what the hell um but it's timely given all of the um the um repeated blunders that the disney marketing folks have been doing about oh yeah absolutely female characters and the toys um, ray so yeah, it's yeah. And, and also uh, Widow. Remember, she was the yeah. That's earlier, true too. Yeah, she, she was left out of everything except some promo, like some special uh, exclusives. Right, had her, had her figure in them. But uh, like right now, it's interesting to me that people are saying so. On the one hand, we're going to have Ant Man and Wasp as a movie, right? Uh, bringing her in, They're, they set, they made very they made you know. It was a concerted effort to make it so that she would be a pivotal part of the second movie, which I thought was great. So are we talking then, Evangeline Lilly in this? That's right. Okay. That's right. I, I still haven't seen Ant-Man, so uh, – because I suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> a thing happens and then another thing happens and then – And then so. small things happen and then larger things. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway, Ant-Man and Wasp is the planned sequel to that. Right. Um, and that's – some people are excited about it because it's further – um, eccentricity mm-hmm. and it's also a, a lead with a female as well but on the other hand then other people are saying well why are you greenlighting that when you have a gangbusters black widow movie just it will write itself right, right? It's running through corridors you know drop kicking <laughs> strangling with their thighs like she always does and two hours later money right right but, so i don't know i think it is very interesting it's just like the it's it's amazing to me that they are still claiming that they can't do a Hulk film when we, we in fact know that it's rights issues that are right the way they would want to do it. And they say, Oh, well, you know, there are issues. We don't know if he can really say, no, of course, if they had full rights to it, they would make it work. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I'm really curious why a black widow movie hasn't been, um, yeah, it's kind of shocking to me when you look at the resurgence of Bourne and Bond and all of these type of characters and to take a superhero character and do that type of movie, there's it's a fucking license to print money, really. It is. And I mean, if you get the right director and writer on it, that that would be a huge thing for the Black Widow film. Like with everything. Yeah. But this is the part where I tell you I sent it to you. You gotta watch Winter Soldier. I have it on. It, we are planning a marathon of it. I finally picked up um, 
a couple of the other films that we were missing. Like I got the the other Thor. I've got okay. all three Iron Mans now. Um, so we're we're compiling it and we're going to do a marathon of like three days of watching all of the films. So I'm getting there. I promise. Right, well, because um, <laughs> you, you said all the magic words because uh, Winter Soldier is basically uh, born. It's the born take on right. Marvel superhero stuff, and it was amazing. And on the basis of that, I just wanted that story to continue on. Yeah. Um, and I would want to just, you know, that's what I would want a Black Widow solo film to be. Well, and it's um, funny how, our, like, so. uninterested I am in the larger group Avenger films compared to yeah. the solo stuff that's coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you know, I, that's, you know, I was thinking about this uh, Avengers uh, Ultron has been noted as one of the failures of 2015 mm-hmm. right in, the, in right. the tenpole stuff and i was thinking it's both avengers just like a future justice league film these are the ones that are doomed they're absolutely doomed to fail right right and i don't know how you do them well and in fact some of the um some projects that we have seen that did manage to put an ensemble together and make it effective mm-hmm. were surprising in that they did it so well right but they usually weren't doing that um they weren't doing it as a point. Like it wasn't a group film. Right. To make it that way. Right. Right. Uh, which is what Marvel's been doing. They've been building group films out of their solo stuff mm-hmm. so well that when you got to the first Avengers one and two, they fell flat to me compared to what they could have been because the, uh, the concept of um, superheroes in a team fighting something is a very juvenile one. I like, agree I know, completely. About it, 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 feel, it, it takes you to role-playing games or something, or, or mm-hmm. video games. It just doesn't, it doesn't have any um, um, plot or a character uh, right. interest to me. It's it, just fighting. It always comes down to the point where anytime you get that many characters in a film, you have to contrive some reason for them to fight each other because everyone wants to see Captain America fight Hulk or some shit like that. Right. And right. then they always have to have some sort of massive, massive thing for all of them to fight against. And it eliminates any real interest because you know those two things are going to happen. That's right. Well, and then also they made the – to me, they made the worst – decision in both of those films which is they pitted the avengers against the infinite right of a generic villain right Right. Um, i i've gone back and watched the original avengers two or three times since the theater Mm -hmm. and uh i actually you know i liked it fine Mm -hmm. i think they did a really good job they did about as good of a job doing a scroll you know, it's right. obviously it was a, a, right. a holdover to the old, you know, invasion stories from the 70s. But, mm-hmm. man, they did a great job. And, yeah. and what felt flat was the design choice to make the Chitauri so bland that they're not. Um, they're all just you know, identical they CG characters. Well, and also they don't. There's not enough contrast, right? They don't stand mm-hmm. out very well. So unless they're standing still, you don't get much of them. Right. right. It wasn't designed that lent itself to being able to see what was going on with much motion or with much uh, visual complexity on the screen. Right. It, it's like the, they look like the, the, the pawns that you shoot down while waiting to find the, find a boss. Right. Well, and, and, and that's yeah. exactly the problem. Yeah. It, it, they turned it into a, a, too much of a video game cannon fodder type situation. And they did it really well. I have to they give did. credit all of the stuff, particularly when you're focused on the underpowered or the lesser powered characters. Yeah. Their own. That was the best part of it. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, or, or I should say, the balance between, you know, uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye, you know, shooting them one at a time, and then over here, you know, Hulk is beating up one of those big things. Right, know? right. You know, that that range was neat. But then, uh, and again, I've only seen Ultron once, and I was mm. not thoroughly uh, in control of my faculties, but <laughs> I remember it being more of the same. Uh, right. Chrome ro- or like even I don't know stainless steel robots pouring out of right. the woodwork. And I remember that um, obviously Whedon was very um, pleased with this sequence that they kept showing in the trailer where they're all kind of in slow-mo fighting at the same time. Oh, right. You know yeah. that one where it looks yeah. like a typical splash page? Mm-hmm. Well, they had two of them. They had two of those in the movie, right? They had them jumping when they're in the 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 fake uh, um, Eastern European country, right? Where oh, right. Where the, sideways. Yeah, the, the motorcycle and right. – yeah. yeah. And, then, and then also um, – um, what is it called? Wachovia? Or, no, that's a bank. What was that name of that country? 
the make Civil War. Anyway. Oh my God. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And, yeah. And then and then the second one was that one where they're fighting Ultron drones. Uh, you know, all at the same time on the screen. Right. And what it reminded me of was, you know, uh, maybe age 22 when I realized Splash Pages bored me. <laughs> right. I saw them and I didn't want to see them. Right. So, yeah, that's example. And so I remember you and I talking about this in, in San Jose, but what I, if I did have a choice in a, in a team superhero movie, what I want to see is superheroes versus supervillains. Absolutely. Or some sort of, you know, supers versus supers battle where, they're playing off each other, right? Uh, using strategy, and it's it's like team versus team. Yeah, and yeah. Again, where are we going to get that civil war? Right, exactly. Yeah, which I hope will be as good as it could be. We'll have to. I'm I'm really intrigued by what I've seen of it so far. I think it looks pretty solid, but it could just be crap. I'm not sure. Well, like, <laughs> like we talked about on one of the previous uh, podcasts, the fact that. Um, the big Superman uh, versus Batman or Batman versus Superman trailer right. drops. And, uh, all, you know, then I went and watched the Civil War one. And I was like, well, that's the one that feels like it has emotional resonance to it. Right. That one has minor key in it. Exactly. Total garbage. Anyway, so we've got that coming up. And then also, uh, look at what's happening with Black Panther. Yeah, that's interesting. I am pretty down with that. I, I think uh, Ryan Coogler sounds like an excellent choice. Yeah. For that production. I think it's going to be great. And we know so little about how they're going to fine-tune it and make it interesting. We don't know much yeah. about what Wakanda is like in the Marvel Universe. Um or how Cinematic involved animals. Wakanda's even going to be in it, or if it's just Black Panther off doing something else entirely. Well, but, you know, that's a character that's always been um, uh, frustrating to me as a reader um, because I couldn't understand how, um, you know, we ha- it seemed to me like he didn't have uh, a much unique identity. Like the, these these uh, white writers in New York didn't know what to do with um, you know, the leader of an African nation that's running around <laughs> right. in tribal stuff dressed like a panther. So right. they made him they made him an African a African dark skinned African Tony Stark, right? Right, right. With a little bit of Daredevil thrown in just for good measure. Reed Richards, right? So yeah. he's like the, the and I guess it's sort of some retconning, but the last time I looked at it he was the you know, one of the world's leading scientists. He's the oh, world's okay. richest man. Um, he's got 13 <laughs> wives or whatever, and uh, you know, and sits in the Illuminati meetings and shakes his head or whatever the hell. Right. You know? So, to me, the biggest challenge in a Black Panther movie will be to make this interesting to a modern audience um, mm-hmm. within the constraints of the cinematic universe. Absolutely. And I think it's going to be about vibranium, right? It's got to be. Yeah. Because. Uh, you know, at times they've taken that more seriously than others in the in the comics. But mm-hmm. what it really boils down to is that's an allegory for blood diamonds, right? Right. So absolutely. I think it would be really interesting if they focus on on uh, issues related to that, and I think they probably will, right? Because we've seen. I would assume so, just based off of you know the director who they have now, and uh, honestly, the need for them to keep doing different things with the movies. It would add a completely different vibe. It would be a different environment for them to take place in. I I love the idea of adding a little bit of the, the jungle aspect to mm-hmm. the the superhero film. I, I would really like to see something different like that. If they just take Dare, or if they just take Black Panther and say, oh, he's in New York doing stuff, it's just going to be a Daredevil meets Tony Stark without yep. any humor kind of thing. Yep, yep. And I think it's going to be um, un- almost unfairly subject to criticism in a way that it wouldn't have been uh, if those other projects had been so- as successful as they are. Absolutely. But I was thinking one of the ways since they asked me, right? Mm-hmm. Of I course. Was, <laughs> I was thinking one of the ways to make um, a story set in a uh, myth, you know, whatever a fictional african country that has mm-hmm. this incredibly valuable resource in it um and great technology but at the same time uh a lot of the country is not developed right right the, the um kind of pulling pulling the page from macross you know it's the finding uh you know f- finding a ship basically find, find oh yeah crashed alien tech now that's been established that aliens exist in the cinematic universe and people right. know about them what if a lot of the Wakandan stuff is based on mining from 
Interesting. I'd be totally down with something like that. Yeah. It it gives them a chance to add a lot more, um, I don't know, spectacular, uh, you know, components to it than just being a mineral resource. Right. He's he's using tech. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It would Uh, be really interesting. The one I'm not so sure about, it's very early, but um, I have a lot of reservations about uh, the Infinity War films. Yeah. I mean, I don't know at what point fan service where it becomes too much because it seems like every time I think it will be, the movie does well. Right. Infinity War is something that even in the comics was a little bit like, uh, um, you know, Fox Marvel, Fox, couldn't make uh, the Phoenix saga make sense on film. So, and it was such a more self-contained story compared to the Infinity War, too. Well, if they can't make if they can't make the the story of someone's beloved, you know, <laughs> lover going thermonuclear, celestial, crazy, whatever, right? Uh, interesting. Then how are they going to make something as abstract as as Infinity War? And I get right. the fact they've been very good about making the gems be the source of these different powers right and other films they've been mapping it out in a way that i really like mm-hmm. but what it boils down to is thanos in a chair in space with a bunch of craziness and i just don't know a and really powerful char- glove <laughs> yeah right and all the characters <laughs> flying around in space and i don't it's just uh, i don't know at yeah. its very best at its very best case scenario it's going to pull these characters so far out of the more pseudo realistic realm that I like mm-hmm. the Marvel characters to be in. Um, you know, uh, it'll be Captain America and Ant Man on a blue planet where I right or something. Uh, I don't know. That's the yeah. best case. Yeah, it it concerns me a lot because it's it's you know the Guardians of the Galaxy they pulled it off because it was a I mean it was a little character piece type film to a certain extent. Right. Whereas this there's no possible way they can do anything but massive galactic madness unless it comes down to like Thanos for some reason being like I'm coming to Earth and hanging out here to build my kingdom or something. It just it doesn't jive with me at all. I agree with you, and uh, honestly, I feel like if uh, Guardians of the Galaxy hadn't been as effective as it was, mm-hmm. we wouldn't even be having this conversation. No, their no. only hope, their only hope, is to build on the imagery and the t- and the style of that film, right? When bringing this together, which they're sort of claiming they're not really doing, but you know, of course, they will. Yeah, of course. Um, but uh, you know, let's, I, I have to be positive. It's my it's my role generally to be optimistic about some of these projects, right. when Others are not, so I'm going to choose <laughs> to be optimistic. But I don't know. Um, so I don't know. There's other stuff. Civil War obviously is continuing to heat up, and uh, right. there's a lot of you know questioning about whether how Spider Man is going to be presented and whether he's going to be wearing a hoodie and whatever. Yeah, I don't even care. I don't. I don't even want to know. Just just make it happen, and yeah. I'm going to love it, right. And again, same thing with uh, the the Thor film, Ragnarok. There's all this talk of it being sort of a Thor and Hulk buddy movie, but I don't think that's the case either. I think it's just going to be, um, I think it's going to be your classic fighting each other and then right. and joining to fight something else. And and frankly, you know, maybe it's a way of kind of sliding Planet Hulk in there somehow. I don't know. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what they do with that. I I still haven't seen the second Thor movie, but I there's a part of me that totally loves the idea of a Shane Black style Hulk and Thor buddy movie, but I, I doubt that's what they'll do. But I, I'd love to see that movie. <laughs> well, you know, I I have to say, if I were to imagine bringing in a character or characters into the Thor stories from the rest of the Marvel universe, uh, the Hulk isn't the one that I would have no. thought. But no. I can see it though. I can see it because so much of the only barely tapped Asgardian stuff has right. been these Kirby-style, larger-than-life creatures. Yes. Boss giants and, and yeah. big bugaboos and infinitely powerful Kirby warriors and things. And so it right. makes sense to throw um, to throw the Hulk at it, I guess. Yeah, especially if you're doing, like you said, kind of the Planet Hulk-style type of big monsters. And he's the bruiser and the gladiator type thing. I, I could see that working. It'll be interesting. Now, what's tragic is that uh, DC has had all of this stuff happening, and all we want to talk about is everything but the DC stuff. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think that um, obviously we're going to have more time to talk about um, 
the Batman v Superman v whomever right uh, as we lead up to March when it actually comes out um, right. But uh, I, honestly, I still every time I look at it, I get the feeling that they're doing the kitchen sink approach to building a universe. It just yeah. feels like just throwing it all in there. I want to be positive about it, but my I, expectations are low. And so far, I'm just like meh. Honestly, the the thing I'm the only thing about that movie that I'm still like, oh, I want to know more. I want to see something about it. Is that they've completely shied away from showing anything with Aquaman in it at that's, all. That's true. Uh, we've never seen him in action. We've never heard him. We haven't seen even like a shot of him except for that one poster. And that's literally the only thing that I'm like, I want to know more about this particular part of this movie because everything else I'm just, uh, either they've shown us the entire movie in the trailer or they're cramming so much into it that each of these things is going to take a brief moment on film and it's going to be too overloaded. I read, I read uh, somewhere that one of the working theories is that they're going to use the like either the credit sequence or the very last part of the movie to set mm-hmm. up these other characters. And hmm. I don't know what the right answer is because the way they've set, they've gone about this is not the way I would have done it. Right. But I don't know that could, that could or couldn't work. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I I really think when it comes to DC characters, the less heroes in the film, the better. Generally speaking. Well, and 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 alternately, I think if you need to do the Justice League, right? I, I think they could have just. I mean, it, it, DC has always traded on the idea that their characters have been around so much longer, and everybody right. knows who they are. So why couldn't they have just started with the Justice League already formed? Yeah, yeah. Why absolutely. do they have to explain? How Batman and Superman met. Yeah. Or if anything, they could start them fully formed and then have flashbacks or something. But well, and particularly uh, this where they're they're going with the aged, grizzled, like kind of bitter Batman kind of thing. That's that's not the Justice League people want to see. They want to see the bright tights and the little bit of sense of humor in there and the history of it. It just doesn't make sense to me. Well, in, in for my for my part, I think that if they got the Porter run of Justice League. Mm-hmm. I don't remember whether that was the early aughts or whenever that came out when they rebooted that series. But right. the, you know that one where they introduced Prometheus and yeah. taking them down and all that stuff. That series of Justice League comics felt very cinematic because they it were did. trading on the heels of what was being done on Ultimates. Right, it had that same sort of tone. Right, and I think that would have made a perfectly fine movie. Um, keep them already in place. Here's a good example. My kids through Netflix have just started uh, here and there picking up episodes of Justice League. Oh, yeah. Uh, And so they're just, you know, they turn it on and it's just going, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a little uh, advanced for their age and sometimes I have to turn it back off. But I have to say they have no problems with the idea that this is already set up. I mean, granted, they're kids, but – what I mean is the, my kids haven't been asking me a bunch of questions like, well, why are Superman, Batman, <laughs> Flash, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, and, and Vixen or whomever in these right. weird third-tier characters, why are they on a space station? They don't care. Yeah. They yeah. see Smashery, right? Yeah. I mean, how much more fun is it if they can reference back – I like like even going back to the Marvel stuff. The the scenes where Black Widow and Hawkeye reference something that happened previously, like they have an established history. I I like that kind of shit. We don't need to know every single minute of how they met and what happened and whether they shared a Kleenex over something. I mean, it's just it's overkill for me. What uh, what great understated writing and acting it was. The, the whole thing about uh, Black Widow saying that she's got red in her ledger. Right? Yeah. It says so much about what you imagine. Like, what kinds of things was she doing? Right. It was so bad that she's haunted by it. Uh, right? <laughs> you know, exactly. As an assassin spy. Yeah. Right? So, I, so little uh, meant so much, right? Right. I feel like the DC version is the complete inverse of that. It, <laughs> it absolutely go, is. It yeah. Just shit and it would have not, it would amount to not much. Yeah. But again, we'll be positive. But. Yes. We'll watch it with an open eye. <laughs> well, that about brings us to the close of the first half of the first installment of Robot Kraken. Thank you for listening, and we hope you will join us for the second half where we will be discussing Star Wars and other random greatness. 
Also, we have a website dedicated to Robot Kraken, but it's a bit of a work in progress. If you check out robot-kraken.com, you will find daily or fairly regular news updates that occur in between our podcasts, as well as a growing collection of reviews from movies, TV, and various products that interest us. You can also find links to the podcast episodes where you can stream or download them. If you'd like to contact us, you'll be able to find us at salty at robot-kraken.com or individually. Chris, myself, I can be found on most social media sites using the handle Deeply Dapper. That's my username on Twitter and Instagram and most other places. And you can look for Tom using his Third Rail Design Lab name or on Twitter under TRDL. That's at TRDL, the letters. Thanks for joining us for the first half of the first episode of Robot Kraken. And once again, we find ourselves on the edge of the world, peering over the rim into a fathomless chaos of eternal night. Until next time, fellow travelers across the endless sea of awesome, 